Welcome to Fumpale Podcast, where we are unpacking opinions and changing destinations. I am your host, Shirley Altador, where each week we will chat about how to rise strong out of all types of obstacles that come with relationships. Through personal life experiences and discussions ranging from infidelity, trust, forgiveness, sex, heartbreak, self-love, and so much more. I am passionate and obsessed to provide guidance to every woman to create a better life. Let's dive in, pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. With me, your virtual girlfriend. for season three. We have another guest with us. She was on for story time a few months back. And today, Angela is back to participate in Sex in a Relationship. Angela, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Awesome. Awesome. It's always good to have a great guest back and also like ex-high school friends. Well, not ex-high school friends, no. well, sir high school friends, <laughs> but I guess old high school friends. There we go. <laughs> it's crazy how we reconnect again as adults. Yeah. That's a cool thing. All right. So why did you want to come back for this season to talk about sex in a relationship? Why is that important to you? And this is a topic that people like hide under their blankets. This is such an important talk topic to me because I feel like sex in a relationship, especially my previous marriage, is the reason or a very large reason why our marriage took a very big turn. Um, it was the demise in my eyes for our marriage because mm -hmm. our physical relationship did not exist towards the middle to the end. And we were together for 14 years. So if you can imagine seven years of not much of a physical relationship, that's a lot. That's a lot. And that's a long time to be somebody's friend and not their love. That's detrimental mm -hmm. to a relationship. Absolutely. So we physicality is huge for me too. It's a very big love language. Yeah. So it's, it's really important. So um, physical touch is important yeah. to you. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so the first thing I'm going to ask you is, are you in a relationship? Currently, I would have to say yes. Ah, congratulations. <laughs> I know it's fresh and it's it new. It is. It is super new. <laughs> ah, so the next thing is making love and sex. Is it two different meanings for you? It is. It definitely is. I feel like there are two different emotions for me with it. And it's so funny because I did see my new boy yesterday and we haven't had sex yet. However, it's it was a complete conversation that we did have because of my previous um, rape history mm -hmm. and my previous relationship with my ex and how I completely separate the two between a physical relationship and the act of making love with somebody that I care very deeply about. So they do separate for me entirely because I separated the two very much after I was raped. It became just the act of 
having a physical action Mm -hmm. and it didn't mean anything. It was a mindless act. Mm -hmm. And then when I found somebody like my ex or like this new boyfriend that I have, it means so much more. So it's much more of a serious situation for me. So it's not something I want to rush. I totally understand. And I do, it, there's a, what's the word I'm looking for? There's an appreciation. I feel like when you've had a good sexual experience, because even in like, look at the situation you are right now, you hadn't had sex with him. It's not at the top of your priority list. Not that it's saying it's not going to happen, but there's so much other factors to consider in the relationship. And that's the primary focus for you two right now. The sex will happen and it will happen later, but as you just said, making love and having sex is two different things. Even for me, you're making love with a partner that you potentially would like to be with long-term. This is somebody that's going to be, you're going to be doing a lot of soul time, a lot of deep connections here. I feel like when you say, I'm just going to have sex with them. Like I can go find somebody in my neighborhood on the corner if I just want to go screw around. Exactly. And it won't mean anything and it'll be quick and it'll be easy. And it'll, it could be the best time, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever of your day. But that's what it is. It's that five, 10 minutes quick, whatever. It means nothing. It still feels amazing. But it means absolutely nothing. Exactly. I totally understand what you mean by that. It doesn't mean anything. So now, the mature Angela, what are your thoughts on casual sex or friends with benefits, whatever you want to call it? I think our time, we I used to call it friends with benefits. I yep. think, I don't know if it's casual sex right now or what actually is it being called, but what are your thought process on that? And just now that you've started a new relationship, you obviously hadn't had sex. So is friends with benefits for you not something? It was um, because, I mean, especially after coming out of a 14-year fairly sexless marriage, Mm -hmm. the first thing I wanted to do when I got a divorce (laughs) was have sex. (laughs) I mean... Let's be honest, you know, I'm a woman who loves physical touch. And the first thing I wanted to do was feel physical touch with a man again and know that it felt good and it wasn't wrong. And it, you know, and all these expectations that it could still happen for me. So casual sex is, is not wrong. Friends with benefits. It's okay. Like I don't have issues with any of them because they work for so many people. I've had them back when I was 19. I had it a few months ago with a friend <laughs> because it was fun and casual and it, it, it worked. doesn't mean anything and it worked. Mm-hmm. He's my best friend. He still is. And when we, it was time to stop, we stopped because it wasn't necessary to our friendship anymore, but it was what we needed at that moment. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, I don't see a problem with it. If those two people can handle that kind of relationship because it's still a relationship friends with benefits or casual sex with multiple or singular people. It's still a relationship. Exactly. It is still a relationship. No matter how you 
look at it, it's some type of ship going on. Relationship, Absolutely. you know, we could call it friends with benefits, casual sex, but you're still having some type of relationship with that person. I don't have a problem with friends with benefits as well, because at the end of the day, that's how my partner and I started as friends with benefits. I, But I do believe that friends with benefits need to have boundaries. Yeah. I had boundaries when I was a friend with benefit. First of all, once you enter in, into any type of relationship, there will be no more giving me a call or coming over. We're cutting that off immediately. Once I knew yeah. he was in a relationship or if I was in a relationship, we're cutting it off. So I had boundaries because at the end of the day, you're in a relationship. Stay committed to the person that you're in. We are just, you know, having fun. There's nothing serious going on with us right now. So I don't have a problem with friends with benefits. I have boundaries. I do feel two people should communicate and respect each other's boundaries because everyone's boundaries are different. So Absolutely. in his eyes, there's a problem. I don't feel as though he really pro probably cared to cut mm -hmm. it off. But uh, uh, we're not doing anything. Once you're done with that, you we can come back and we can reconnect. But as long as you got something going on inside, I will not be your side chick. So right. I will just remain a friend. Right. That's it. So, yeah. And that's, I've had that discussion with, I mean, I, I call him my person. My he, person. He's my person. He really is. He's my person. Like I would die for him. He would die for me. Um, he helps me with everything. He's, he's my best friend. I have mostly guy friends and he is my person. Um, so we've had that sexual side and now that sexual side was cut off and he's just my person. He's one of my best friends. And we put those boundaries on and I said, you ever do anything with somebody else? We're not doing anything anymore. And he said the same of me. And we expected each other to go out on dates because that's all it was for each other. Yeah. We want each other to be happy because we're friends. And now he's super happy for me and just wants, you know, it's that type of relationship. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Friends with benefits can be definitely a positive as long as each party is respected, their viewpoints is respected and their boundaries is respected. So I totally Absolutely. agree a hundred percent in the whole friends with benefits, casual sex. I don't see a problem with it as long as it's kept healthy, done respectfully. It's perfectly right. fine because- if I'm dating somebody at some point in time, I need to find out what you're packing and if your equipment is oper uh, properly going to operate with me. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Now, here's another question. Does penis size matter for you? Yes. <laughs> Same here. Yes. yes. I mean, it's that. Uh, I think, too. I mean, it's, they. I mean, they can say all they want. It's about how you work it. No, it's not how you work it if it don't feel right. Uh, that plays a role, but it does matter. When and I always like to give my example. When I think of penis size, I think of something. Okay, you have a hole, and you know you have a long stick. Just think about if the stick is extremely skinny, and there's all this extra space inside the hole. You got to fill it with something. What are you going to fill it with? You can't fill up a vagina with anything. So you just have to take it for what it is. Then right. let's say you have a stick and the stick is extremely oversized. It fits, but we're talking about chafing of the skin and it's like extreme rubbing. 
that's not comfortable as well. But now if you have a stick that is just, just goes right on in and it's the perfect size. And that's the analogy I like to give as, as, you know, so it doesn't sound as, I guess, R rated, but who cares (laughs) about R rated? Not as graphic. (laughs) Not as graphic, but it's the truth. To me, I do feel as though size matters. It's all about how you work the equipment. I agree with that, but there's only but so much what you can work with if it's not fitting properly into that puzzle piece. Absolutely. So that's how I feel. I'm very a strong believer in size matters. I mean, there might be, we'll see with the other interviews I do, if there's somebody that maybe has a small penis. Figured it out. Figured it out <laughs> and figured out what positions work for them. Because right. Because maybe there are certain positions that you and your partner have agreed to that works for you guys and you've made it work and you've compromised in other ways. And it's very possible to compromise because I was talking to another interviewee about this where if it is too small or if it is too large, it's about figuring out different positions that work with the both of you. So is it possible? Yes, it is. It's just not something I want to deal with if it's too large or too small. So it's, I guess, my personal opinion, but. Right. No, I'm on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I I just. It can, it can make or break things. It can, it can ruin a mood very quickly to be uncomfortable in that situation and then make it awkward because it's like, oh. It can ruin. Like you don't, you don't want to be disappointed and then you don't want to show disappointment and then ruin that. No. For them also. It's easier to have a conversation with a man if it's too large as opposed if it's too small. And that's the thing. If it's too large, it's easier for you to say, hey, babe, you know, like, uh, we got to work with different positions because this is not working. It's just too big. I don't feel comfortable. How do you approach somebody and say, your your penis is too small? Like, (laughs) you just don't do that. Right. That's like complete disrespect. You don't do that. That's crossing the line Absolutely. completely. Absolutely. So it's a fine line. Yeah. It's a very fine line. <laughs> <laughs> I will see what my other interviews say, but I will say we are, I'm hearing size does matter for many women. Yeah. With the exception of learning how to work certain things. But what does health, what a healthy sex life mean to you in a relationship? Now, you were married for 14 years. Seven yeah. of those years, the physicality of it was literally dead. Yeah. So, and I will say there's, I, there is reasoning behind it for us, and I know that. So a lot of the years um, were spent trying to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. We had several, several miscarriages. We were working with specialists to try and get pregnant. And then we had my daughter, Savannah. It took two years being married to get to that point. Okay. So that was already two years in of struggling to have Savannah. Exactly. And then now Savannah and Evan are three and a half years apart. And in those three and a half years, we had four miscarriages. Quite a few. Right. So in four, in... So relatively speaking, in about two and a half years, Mm -hmm. roughly, we had four miscarriages. We were every month timing my cycle, ovulation. I never had to give injections, but I was getting blood work done all the time. It was always, hey, now's the time. Let's go. Tonight's the night. Or it was a timing thing. Mm -hmm. 
And then Evan was born. His birth was very traumatic for me. Um, very complicated. I almost died giving birth to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was also traumatic for my ex-husband watching that and going through that. We knew we didn't want to risk getting pregnant again mm-hmm. after having him. So my ex did end up having a vasectomy. Okay. Uh, just a few months after he was born. And then it was very shortly after that, that Evan started having medical issues. He was having surgeries after surgeries, which meant tired mama, not really into being intimate after a long day with the baby who's healing. Did you have post-traumatic stress? I had a little bit of postpartum. Um, not very much. I don't think I gave myself enough time to even process the postpartum that would typically happen Mm -hmm. because I was so busy just making sure that Evan was okay. I mean, his first surgery was at one day shy of him being four months old. Got it. Got it. So we started this whirlwind of a medical team for my son and completely disconnected from each other. Got it. And then I had that mindset of every time you come near me, I end up getting pregnant. And it was a fear thing because I miscarried so many times. Every time I we had sex, I basically got pregnant. And then I miscarried. Or I had one of my kids. Okay. And it was that cycle of we had sex, we got pregnant, I miscarried. I'd heal. We'd have sex. I'd get pregnant. We miscarried. I'd heal. And it was a very redundant cycle for two and a half years. So after Evan was born, I very much, it was me, I very much shut down. And then when we tried to get it back up, both of us were like, I I don't even know what to do anymore. It was very hard for us to get back into the physical part of our relationship. Okay. So I went to counseling to help Mm -hmm. myself get over my physical issues, which stemmed from the miscarriages all the way back to being raped and the physical touch issues that I had. We tried to get him into therapy, which we discussed before that that doesn't really work for him. Um, And he was not fixable. So... It was just a very big battle of me then putting myself out there, which is very, very difficult for me to do. Yeah. And a non-receptive partner. I gotcha. And that's hard (laughs) after the miscarriages, because obviously the issue was getting pregnant was not a problem. It was carrying the child. And then you became extremely fearful of number one, having sex to get, get pregnant. Now, you said he had a vasectomy. Why did you not choose to get your tubes being tied? Um, for me, getting my tubes tied, it's very, for us as women, getting our tubes tied is invasive. It's, I already had issues with. Did you have I, a C-section or a natural birth? I had natural birth both okay, times. Okay, so you would have had to So go I would have had to have gone back in. I would have had to have been put under anesthesia. I would have had to have been either cut open because I did have two ectopic pregnancies during mm-hmm. that time frame. So because of the ectopic pregnancies, they wouldn't have been able to do 
laparoscopic surgery to mm-hmm. do the tube side. They would have had to have checked my tubes first to make sure there was no tissue left over from the ectopic pregnancies and then gone through with it. So mm-hmm. mine would have been a six-week recovery as opposed to him going in fully awake, a little bit of numbing lotion and and a needle he was done in an hour. Yeah, it's quicker for them. But I know men that won't get that done. That's like a huge right. part of their manhood. Just as some women, that's not something they care to want to do as well because it you feel like you're shutting something down. Like that's a right. big part of you. Now I would have done it had I had a C section. It would have been Oh, since they were it already. would have been me had they already been in there. Absolutely. Okay. But now you're okay. Oh, yeah. You're not scared that you're going to, and I'm assuming birth control is practice. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. I'm on the pill. I don't, I actually don't get a period. I don't ovulate anymore. I've, because of the pill. I have endometriosis. So we did find out later down the road that I, um, a lot of my miscarriages were because I have endometriosis. Uh-huh. So my OB down here put me on the pill continuously so that I do not ovulate. Oh, so okay. I haven't had a period in three years. Okay. All right. Um, so, okay. So no ovulation is happening right now because you are on that pill for an indefinite correct. amount of time right now. Correct. Got it. Okay. So next question, should sexual activity be scheduled or planned? Explained yourself. No. And when I say planned, do you want to put it down in your book? No, it should be spontaneous. It should be spontaneous. I mean, I get it if you have kids and you want to plan those little moments of time to get away, but no, because, and for me, it's because ours was always planned in our marriage to try, to try and get pregnant. It always had a purpose. But your planning was different though. Right. Or my mom's taking the kids for the night. Let's go. Okay. And because was... we never had a moment because Evan didn't sleep through the night until two years ago. So there were times when we would finally get those moments back in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And Evan would wake up and Jason would be running down the hallway butt ass naked to try and put him back to bed. Aww. And then the mood was kind of like tarnished. Like, right. Because your kid's not sleeping. He didn't have time to put clothes back on. And, Evan was half asleep, luckily, so he didn't really care. Mm-hmm. But he's, you know, running down the hallway naked to try and put him back to bed, so, which is very sweet and all of that. It was, you know, sweet, but so it still I didn't takes have to do it. Away. But it completely ruins yeah. the mood. Okay, so planning <clears throat> is not something you're about. All right, so my girlfriend no. is still one to zero. She's a she's a planner. She doesn't mind putting it down in her book. And I told her, uh, no, that's not what we do here. Now, there are different levels of planning. You, The spontaneity of sex is awesome. And that's how it should be majority of the time. Okay. Right. You know, you're going to send that little sexy text like, oh, you know, what's going down tonight? You know, however right. it is you want to word it. <laughs> right. You, and, and a lot of times you even know when the day comes, if it's going to oh, happen. Yeah. You know, it's still spontaneous, but it's not planned. You're right. thinking about it. And you already know, like, okay, all right, I'm getting some lucky right. tonight. But to put it in a book, I'm not doing no. that. I'm never because I'm also it down. a person that gets very nervous on expectations. 
if there's an expectation for me to perform, <laughs> I'm, I can't do it. <laughs> and that's also going back to my comfortability level, all of the things that were ever told to me about what that expectation of me in a sexual way is. Mm-hmm. And to put that level of quote unquote pressure that this is what I have to do for you later is too much for me. It's okay. So now and it, it almost shuts me down. Like, it's oh t- no, you expect me to do that for you later? N- no. It's a turn off for you. So here's it is. next question. How much sex is too much sex within a day, a week, or a month with the comfortability you were just talking about? I Let's mean, say you guys, you know, had a quickie in the morning. And then now right. he comes rubbing on your butt in the kitchen and thinking like he going to get some. I mean, at first, I don't know that too much is, there's not a too much. <laughs> there's no number game for you. There's no number game. No. I mean, I mean, if it's been like an all day, every day, like if we didn't have all of our kids for like a couple of days. Every day. I mean, we're new girl. Give me. Some- oh, girl. Every, Give me some time. I don't even think I ever wanted sex every day, even when I was new. I love him to death. And if I every <laughs> chance, sometimes I get to jump on him or like I'll stare at him, too. But I'm the type of person I like the buildup and I like the right the waiting <laughs> game. So I like to play that game as well. I've never been an everyday type of person. I think that's probably why I can't prostitute. <laughs> I don't. We were my ex and I were every day. and every day. We were in every day when we first got together in our relationship, and then I mean, you see how quickly we were like every and every day, day to like and and once a year. So, so <laughs> you talking it about dropped quickies, real quick quickies? Oh yeah, just yeah, quickies. Yeah. Oh no. yeah, for sure. Even with no, and we can't. No, I've never been an everyday girl. Probably, I think when the most maybe four days in a row and then like a break and then right but see that's also like that would be nice for me I feel like but that's not also realistic for me I think in my head I would like to have it like a solid brick of time for the week but it's also not realistic my kids are up my butt so much during the week that they would love to re-enter my body sometimes. But <laughs> so the the ability to do that is not there. I, oh, do it every day. Correct. Okay. So every day is a thing for you, Angela. Is this what I'm understanding? You would not frown it would be upon lovely. That. No. Uh, it would at be all. absolutely lovely. And I think that's also because I haven't had it in so long. I haven't had a routine of a physical touch in years. I got you. And maybe Mm. if you get back into a routine, a healthy routine, because when you were married, it was uh, towards the end, it wasn't quite healthy. No, in the last three and a half years, I think we, it was three times. And I think I was under the influence. Three times within the whole three years? Yes. And I was under the influence all three times. Red alert. Yep. That's a problem right there. Um, you know, it's interesting that you say that. And I, I, even though I say what is too much sex within a day, a week or a month, for, in my opinion, I think a healthy average number that both men and women probably would agree on 
I think twice a week is fair to say, even if it's down to once a week, I think that's a healthy number because then if you look at it from a month standpoint, you're looking at four to eight times a month, which I think with everything going on in people's lives, children, work, and different things. I mean, people have multiple streams of- It balances your life out. Exactly. So if I had to throw a number out there, four to eight, I feel is fair. Um, Yeah. Because I had to think about this through the other interviews that I had, like, what is a reasonable number? Truly, it's whatever works for the couple. But I feel on average, that is a fair, reasonable number to say four to eight is healthy. Do I have a statistic to back it up? No, but I'm just saying from someone who's been in a long-term relationship, I think that is healthy, that is fair, that is realistic. You take me, for example, who is gone when I go to work. I'm either on a two or three-day trip. That X's things out right then and there. Right. So that's my honest opinion. And I mean, for me, kids X things out. They they're yeah. there until eight o'clock at night when they go to bed. They all in their business as they get. They over. are all up in my nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so. Even-, even if I had somebody at home with me, it's that: are they going to wake up? Are they going to catch me? Are they? Gonna are they going to walk in? Are uh-huh. they going to hear me? Yeah. Are your kids heavy sleepers? It depends. My kids are heavy sleepers. Like I can honestly tell you, my daughter can sleep like a rock, and then. The next morning, we'll say, what were you watching on TV last night? I swear I heard something. No, you didn't. You had a dream. Like, she swears that she can hear things. Did you have somebody over last night? No, I didn't. Like, she'll she'll insinuate that she can hear things while she's sleeping. Just to, you know, ask questions and find out what mommy's doing while she's sleeping. To be nosy. No, as they get older, they get quite in your business. And that's oh, another sure. thing you have to plan around their schedule because they yeah. all in your business. Whereas when they were little, we didn't uh, no, just go just over there t- and play, you know? Right. There's you been shut a few the door, times you lock it, you that, figure it out. There's been a few times we ain't shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hopefully those images don't stick with them. They don't remember. If they were less than a year old, they won't remember. That's how I got pregnant after Savannah was born. We That's stuck her in the little rocker. Yeah. Went behind the couch. And just figured it out. That's what you figured do. That's life. That's really what it is when you have that was miscar- That was miscarriage number two. Oh, shucks. <laughs> That's what you do. So- but it is what it is. I agree. I totally agree, you know, but that's the number I feel like is healthy from Shirley's standpoint. My, my little number that I want to throw out there four to eight, I feel is a healthy number that regardless what you have going on in your life, if you're in a healthy relationship, that's realistic, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Give or take whatever, maybe if health issues are happening. So why is having sex with your partner important to you before the relationship is extremely serious. Now you just entered into a relationship, so it's still fresh, it's still new. So when I say serious, I mean like um, you can give your opinion either from before you get married or before you really truly maybe move in together. Is that something that is important to you to know, make to make sure the sexual compatibility is there? Absolutely. I mean... For me, and I'll go through this even through what I've been going through the last couple of months with dating, mm-hmm. 
I have very good connections with people conversationally. I can talk to people, open up to people, get people to open up with me mm-hmm. as an empath, someone that has the ability to emotionally connect with a lot of people. And in that respect, once I meet someone face to face, it's almost immediate that I can tell whether or not we have chemistry. Okay. And it can make or break whether or not I continue to talk to them. Not talk to as in, I'm not going to be your friend at all, but talk to as in pursue a relationship. Because if there's no chemistry there, if I walk into the room and see you there and we're supposed to be going out on a date and I immediately know there's no physical chemistry, I know it's not going anywhere past this first date. I see what you're saying. Okay. Right. So for me, that physical connection is so important to me because again, that physical touch, even if it's that chemistry sitting on the couch with someone watching TV at night. I want to be able to like sit in with that person, Mm -hmm. like hold your hand, snuggle, feel the chemistry, like not want to be sitting on opposite sides of the couch because I don't want to touch you. (laughs) We need to be able to have that, like that spark and that chemistry there so that it feels good when we get together. So what it's if it's only going to build? What if someone's opposite of you and physical touch is not their love language and that's not something they want as much as you do, Angela? I don't know that I could handle that. <laughs> I would need somebody that's at least very close to the same amount of physical touch as me for the reason that I want to and physical touch for me doesn't necessarily mean like sexual physical touch. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, but I need somebody that wants to have that like hand holding, hugging mm-hmm. experience just as much as I do so that it's not one, a turn off for both of us or gotcha. two, we don't feel like we're pushing each other away as we're trying to pull each other together. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I totally get what you mean because you could possibly, it's very possible that you can find somebody where that's not their strong because there's five love languages. So that may be their number five. We all range somewhere within the five. It's just, we all have our top three. So that may not be their top three. Not that they don't want you to touch them. I guess it's not overbearing them. If physical touch is number one for you and it's number five for your partner, it's learning how to, okay, he doesn't mind cuddling with me at night, but all the extra touching nonsense he's not going to be into. So it's again, finding that healthy balance. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So the next question is, if your partner is not sexually pleasing and based off of what you just told me, I don't think you would survive too long because (laughs) physical touch, number one, is important to you, Angela. Yes. (laughs) And penis (laughs) size is important to you. So if sexually this person is not pleasing, let's say everything else is great. Great conversation. His just his energy when he's around is awesome. Very understanding individual. Right. Everything else, he gets at least an A. But when it comes to sexually pleasing, 
You guys go into that bedroom, you do to do. And he's a solid D plus. Hmm. Mm. I got he I, I actually have <clears throat> I actually have a story about this. Yeah. Um, what what I you do. gonna do? What you gonna do? Um so it's actually a really Eye-opening story about me and my life. Um, <laughs> just dive right in there. Hopefully, hopefully, this individual never hears this podcast. Oh, it's um, so funny to hear people say that. <laughs> this is a historical. I had one girl. She was so. I asked her. I said, "Are you a virgin?" She says, "No." Make sure my mom doesn't hear that. I just start <laughs> laughing on the inside. I'm like, we are on air, <laughs> right? Oh no, um, no, I. Seven-ish years, no, six years ago, mm-hmm. um, I told my ex-husband, like, I was not happy in the marriage. I needed a break. I needed to separate. I was not happy. I needed to find out what could possibly make me happy outside of our marriage. Uh-huh. I don't think he really understood until I told him the truth a couple of months ago once we were finally divorced what happened. but. Um, so that that time six years ago, uh, one of my old high school friends mm-hmm. basically professed his love to me, said he had loved me since the day he met me when we were 14 years old. And it was all of the things that I had wished came out of my husband's mouth at the time. Got it. He treated me like gold. He treated my kids like gold. And I said to myself, like, this is the type of person that I should be with that loving and caring and like just mentally and physically there for me all the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, I need to know, I need to know because if this is like physically as good Mm -hmm. as all the mentally and emotionally good, I'm going to leave my husband. Like I'm out. I am out. Like I, I can't do this. My husband. Because at that point I was so mentally disconnected from my, my ex Mm -hmm. that it, it would have been a game changer for me if all of the things fell into place. Cause I knew that that other person really did care about me that much that he, he would have taken care of me and my kids. Okay. Okay, so you were and already disconnected. I was. You verbalized was. to your husband how you were feeling. So, mm-hmm. and okay. so I met this guy at a hotel of all places, mm-hmm. and it was the worst sex I have ever had. <laughs> and I left that hotel room one feeling just completely disappointed. I know that feeling. You were like, I just wasted my life. Oh, feeling totally (laughs) disappointed, feeling totally like I wasted that opportunity of essentially cheating on my husband at that point Mm -hmm. because I had a very bad experience. And you know, I wonder if guys think like that because I know what girls think when I I had a bad experience, it would be like, I just wasted my damn time. What the heck was this? Right. Like you get one pass. Like if I was getting a pass because I was technically married at that moment, I was giving myself a pass and the pass failed and the pass did me dirty. (laughs) 
that path did me so wrong. And, but it was that moment I was like this, I can't. And it was that moment that I was like, all right, I need to make my marriage work. Like this has to work. I got to turn it around. And I mean, I lasted six, seven more years in my marriage after that point. Oh, so this was <laughs> like in the, in between, within the, four, in between yeah. the 14 years. Okay. Yep. That was almost right in the middle of it. Because that was sour. That woke <clears throat> you up. Like, oh, absolutely. This is what I'm getting out here. <laughs> Oh, for sure. I was like, I'm going to go waste my time on somebody that thinks he's in, in love with me and treats me like gold, but then the sex sucks. Like, I ain't doing this shit to myself. Oh, shit. You know, it's crazy how some women will just <laughs> ghost dudes. And dudes probably do the same. I'm thinking they do the freaking same ghost because I had to, there's many people. Out, and then you don't want to hurt their feelings because you know how men are. Right. Like, dude, your dick game ain't working. <laughs> no, but I and no, I had to. Yeah, that that was my best friend of twenty years, and I had to tell him. Are y'all still best friends? No, I would I not imagine so. After I that had, situation, mm-hmm. he tried. He he tried to mess up my marriage after that. He was like, "Told because you're talking about his penis." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, That's I absolutely screwed that one up. Disrespect that boy up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's disrespectful. You don't yep, do that. I totally messed that one up. <laughs> yeah. But they don't, I don't think guys talk to, I have to, you know, this sparks me because it just <clears throat> makes me wonder what is bad vagina? <laughs> you know how we talk about right. like penis size and right. that, that's how we compare it as women. What is bad right. vagina? What is considered that's bad a, vagina? That's a... That's a valid question. <laughs> I want to know, like, what is really considered? Like, is there like something that makes the like? Uh, first of all, you can't really measure the size until you get right. there. So, and then here's the thing: if it's a small penis and it doesn't fit in the vagina, are you going to disrespect the woman and say, "Oh, you know, her her shit was loose"? Right. What is considered bad vagina? I don't even know. I'm I'm interested in knowing. Maybe um some of our listeners. We need to do a men's series. We do a men's series of <laughs> sex in the relationship. That's what we need to yes. do because I'm very interested in knowing what does bad <clears throat> vagina mean for you guys. Yes. Because for us, I would say it's <clears throat> penis size. You right. Know, the size of your penis is what determines if you're good or bad and how you're working your equipment. That's how we judge it. But um, oh my gosh, this was absolutely interesting. <laughs> So now, before we end, yeah, uh, with all the years experience that we both have, and you, we're both mothers. What is going to be your approach with your daughter? Since sex in the relationship is important, and many women out there are not like us, are not able to sit on air where people are going to listen to us, Angela, and hear mm-hmm. what we have to say. There's not many women out there that's going to do that. You know, right. this is like our little therapy session, our testimony. And what do you have to say to women that are like, oh my God, what whores? <laughs> you know, I mean, it, embrace it, embrace it, embrace your hoe. I mean, go for it. It's just, I mean, there are some days when I say it's just sex, just do it. And other days when I say like, it's, it's your 
person and like feel it. I love like how feel she your says, emotion. It's your like, person. <laughs> it's your person. Like embrace it and like enjoy all of it because when I stopped enjoying it is when my marriage failed. Mm-hmm. And it'll it'll break your relationship and that's like you were talking about how do we talk to our kids and how do we talk to and like I do so much to try and give my daughter positive body image and get her ready for all the things and all the changes. She's 10. Yeah. She's going through all the things right now. Girl, it's all around the corner. Do you know within oh, the yeah. next five, six years, that's like a snap Listen, of a finger the, it's coming. The, the things that are coming on her body and what she's noticing and the fact that she covers up when she gets out of the shower. Yep. That's and how I tell you know her it's starting. I tell her she came out of my, I mean, she's in my shower, my bathroom. She has her own. She's in my bathroom in my shower and she comes out and she's all wrapped up. And I told her, I said, it's, uh, it's me. I'm standing here fully naked trying to get ready for the day and you're covered up. I am almost 38 and you are 10. I said, there is nothing on your body that you need to hide ever. And she probably looked at you like, yeah, keep on talking lady. Right. She was probably like, mama, you better cover that shit up. Yeah. I want to see it. (laughs) Right. But I told her, like, we have that. I told her, like, you, you have to understand, like, your body is different than my body is different than that person's body. And you have to be so proud of the body that you're in, because it is going to change every single day from this day on. And as Mm -hmm. long as you can look in the mirror and be proud of your body, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter. And it's so much a body positivity thing that she needs to hear before we get into other people respecting your body. Exactly. It's us letting our girls know that you need to respect the image that you're looking at in the mirror before anybody else respects it. Your temple is your holy grail Mm -hmm. and you need to respect it. You need to cherish it and you need to set your boundaries for it. When it comes to sex, how I feel is, you know, the people who are not comfortable talking about it, that's respectful. That's understandable, but don't shun or be judgmental to those who are comfortable in the space that they're in to have a healthy discussion about it. How can you engage in an act that you can't talk about unless you a little tipsy or intoxicated. Ask yourself right. that question. You know what I'm saying? How can you lay down, have sex with your husband, your partner, or whoever it is, but you can't have a healthy conversation about it? And I'm talking about healthy. I'm not talking about no rated R talk. What we're talking about here is nothing rated R. But right. There are people that cannot do that because they look at it as, oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing right. that at all. No. So that's how I look at it. If you can engage in the act, you should be able to handle a mature conversation about it. If you can't handle a mature conversation about it, why are you continuing to do it? Because it feels good. Right. (laughs) Right. Because it feels good. So, but as we end Sex in a Relationship with Angela today, next week we are going to have another guest come on as we continue the season talking about sex, 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 a taboo topic that people don't like to really talk about. 
But, you know, our listeners are really going to be respectful of us talking about this because this is going to be their way of like, oh, yeah, I'll hear them talking about it, but I ain't going to get, I ain't going to get engaged. <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. I appreciate all the support and my listeners. And as always, when we end with Kampale, love yourself, voice yourself and be yourself to the next podcast, guys. Have a great one. for tuning in to Fampale Podcast. If you want to continue the conversation or share your takeaways, I want to hear from you. Head on over to the website or join our Facebook community and comment your favorite part of the show or share your thoughts. I want to hear what you have to say. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Chat with you next week.